You're listening to Tony Mark with The Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. It's that time of year when many of us have resolved to getting into better shape. And as a country, we're not in very good shape. Only 15% of Canadians are physically active, and we want to make sure that uh, we expand that number and make sure that we stick to a routine. Today in studio, we have Kathleen Trotter, author of Finding Your Fit, a compassionate trainer's guide to making fitness a lifelong habit. Welcome to the studio, Kathleen. Absolutely an honor. You know, I love talking about health and fitness because fitness changed my life, but coming and talking to you, I love even more because you are like the male version of me. I feel like we understand each other so well. So it's super exciting to be here. Kathleen, the last time you were on the show, you are really excited because you had just signed your first book deal. Now, I wanted to explore, you know, at this time of year when most people are making resolutions, we hear all the negatives about this time of year, how many people start and stop and so on. But I want to concentrate on things that will encourage people. How do we make uh, uh, the, the people that are thinking about fitness at this time of year stick to their fitness goals? Well, you know, I think it is about finding your fit. And I want to highlight that sort of your aspect. It's your unique recipe for success. And I think a lot of what happens is people have this image of what a fit person is, and they have an image of what a fit person does, and what has worked for everybody else. So it's like, oh, well, I have to use, you know, the newest miracle plan that a celebrity that I love is using, or this worked for my dad or my brother or my sister. But you can't fit a square peg into a round hole. You can't make yourself be somebody that you're not. And, you know, sometimes you can follow those plans for two weeks, maybe maybe three weeks, maybe even a month. But eventually, if it doesn't work for your unique lifestyle and your goals and your body and your health history, you're not going to stick to it. So what do you think works most for people in helping them continue to to stick to a, a workout program? It's really, it's about that unique plan. And it's about creating that plan. And that plan is based on your unique realities. Um, so, you know, for example... If you have three kids, maybe going to the gym every day after work for two hours, you know, saying, I'm going to be fit, I'm going to go to the gym every day, maybe that's not realistic. Maybe in five years that is, but maybe right now you have to be somebody who works out at lunchtime. Or maybe you have to say to your partner, okay, I'm going to work out in the morning, you take the kids in the morning, I'll take the kids in the evening. But right, it's about how to create goals for myself that are realistic. Because if you can create a realistic goal, you can always build on that. So if you say, okay, this week, what my goal is, is I'm going to walk for 20 minutes, three days a week. Then you do that and you're like, oh, I feel awesome. I did what I said I was going to do. And that's a positive snowball forward. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe next week I'll walk for 25 minutes or maybe I'll walk and then do some calisthenics in front of the TV. But if you set yourself up for failure by saying, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and that's not realistic, then you feel crappy and you're like, well, I might as well just do nothing ever and just go home. And that was my follow-up question. What I wanted to ask you was, um, so we know the successes. That's where, you know, I I wanted to to, do dwell let's say on the on the positives Uh, so the person who yeah so the the person who tried for you know three times a week for 20 minutes and let's say they missed that one turn and you know how hard they are on themselves so how do we get that person who's taken the step who's made the commitment and say you know what okay i I missed i really messed up with one how do we get that back on track as fast as possible absolutely it's about productive thoughts it's about that growth mindset so you say okay i did two this week but i didn't do the third so what steps did i put into place that allowed me to do those two and then what 
went wrong that didn't allow me to do that third? And then as opposed to beating yourself up about the third one, you say, how do I learn from that? How do I grow from it? At what point do you see the mentality changing with people as they get older? The advice is still the same. It's just that their unique recipe is going to be different. But the point is, is that you first say to yourself, being active, daily motion is a non-negotiable. So that's a non-negotiable. Where do I go from there? Currently in my life, let's say I have three kids, I'm working full time. Okay, so maybe the competitive gym goer is not who I can be at this moment, but I want to be that person. Okay, so you say in the future, my future self wants to be that. But right now, daily non-negotiable, movement, how do I make that happen? So you say, so maybe for the next six months, because work is crazy and my kids are really busy with soccer and hockey or whatever, then I decide that I have to be the person who brings a yoga mat to my kid's soccer game and does some squats and lunges as I walk them, watch them play. And maybe I have to say, okay, my kids are into soccer. I'm going to help them practice some soccer. So that gives me some motion and I'm going to do daily steps with the idea being that once they go to university, then I'll have some extra time. So then I can move into being that competitive gym bunny, right? So as as soon as you make it a flip of a mindset that it's not a will I exercise today, it's a when will I. It has to be put somewhere in your day. So you figure out who you are at that moment, where you are in your life, and then you make it work. So, you know, I have one client, she says that when she wakes up in the morning, she always says, she sort of goes through the list of what she's feeling. She's like, oh, I haven't shaved my legs today. Can't go to the pool and swim. Okay. Um, I'm really, really tired and my body's really sore. Okay. This is probably not the best day for like a really intense uh, weight lifting. Oh, I'm feeling really, you know, tight. Okay. So then some stretching. So it's not a like, will I do something? She knows she's going to do something, but she goes through the list in her head of what's appropriate for that day with that umbrella idea that daily non-negotiable is there no matter what. That's perfect. The question is, how long did it take you to flip that mindset from someone who, you know, say, will make that excuse, yeah. because I hear it all the time, yeah. to someone who says, go through the the, the checklist and say, yeah. you know what, let me do this because of this, and I can't do, do this the, because yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. So how long did it take you? You know what? Health, like everything, is such a process. So I've been doing this for maybe 15 years as a trainer, and I've been sort of an, my active version of Kathleen for maybe the last 17. But I was a really overweight teenager. I was, you know, I'm tall. I felt awkward. I hated my body. I hated, like, a lot about my life. I was very depressed. And I think maybe five or six years ago, I had this really epiphany in my life of this, um, you always feel better when you move, slash the worse you feel, the more important your movement. So I have a lot of uh, self-talk that I do. So whenever I don't want to work out, which still happens to me, I say, Kathleen, the worse your mood, the more important your workout. The days you feel really good, those are the days you can skip your workout. You don't need it, right? But if you're feeling crappy, you put your running shoes on and you get out the door. That was one sort of aha moment for me. And it's it's gradual. And then you know, I'll have setbacks. I'll have a couple days where I don't move as much. Um and then I feel crappy. And then I'm like, okay, well, growth mindset. I'm not going to beat myself up about this, but I'm going to learn that I really do feel better when I move. And I think that part of it is just this idea that we have to get away from um, wanting perfection. Perfection is the opposite of done. Perfection is the enemy of done. It's not even the opposite. It's the enemy. And I think what happens with a lot of people with working out, they're like, well, if I can't have the perfect week of working out or I can't have the perfect day or the perfect workout, I might as well do nothing. And 
they also have this idea that they're going to go overnight from somebody who does nothing to somebody who's like this perfectly fit person. And that's where in your right? book where people are looking at celebrities and, and yeah. so on. And that's something and, that I wanted to address yeah. at this time of year. You hear a lot about that. So, you know, if you have 5, 10, 20 years of not moving, you're not going to wake up one day and be a totally different person with different habits. Your unhealthy habits took a long time to evolve. And so you have to give yourself the space for your newer habits to evolve slowly. But you and I are trainers, yeah. right? and and we know your discipline. I look at no, you, but you're, you're, you know, I love your book because yeah. you're real. You're coming out yeah. from a place of awkward, chubby, Absolutely. you know, the oh whole God, thing, yeah. and you've transformed yourself. But you're one of uh, a very few, and I'm going to put yourself not in the 15% of Canadians that do it on a yeah. regular basis, but in the 5%. I want to deal with the people that, because you see them all the time, the people that are struggling. So I often get my people um, to just do a journaling of both inventorying their successes and also inventorying ways in the past that they've gone off the rails, how they've fallen off their fitness horse. You know, so sort of say, okay, in the past I did this diet, that went really well um, because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, so those things were good, so let's reproduce that. You know, in the past I tried to do... Uh, spin classes five days a week. Well, that failed. Okay, well, why? Well, I hate spin classes. Okay, well, then don't do that. So find what's worked, reproduce that, find what hasn't worked, and learn from that. And then one last thing, try to find things that you if you don't, at least don't despise them. Like, so you don't necessarily have to love them because maybe love of exercise will come over time. Like when I first started running, I didn't love running, but I loved my running partner. So we'd go for runs and talking to her made running worth it. Now I love running. Running is my bliss. Um, but so it's about also finding things that you just, you enjoy, or at least if you don't enjoy them, you don't hate them. And, you know, it's... Um it's such an important point. Um, you know, I have, I have, uh, I always use the example of, of this client of mine. I've been training him for so long, and he doesn't miss an appointment. He is there. I love he clients books, like this. Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 he actually. Talking about finding your own fit, mm -hmm. he uses it as a business appointment. He told me, and it's not That's... for me to to get insulted because you know everyone, every trainer thinks they're the best and uh, and so on. But it, he says, if it's in my book. I will do it. Absolutely. And he rarely, rarely cancels. Um, so, you know, I know what motivates some people and, and so on, but how do we reach the the other people? And in your book, uh, Finding Your Fit, you're given so many examples. I'm a gym owner, but, you know, it's not about going to the gym all the time. Right. You know, it's we just want, I just mm -hmm. want people to move. Yeah. You mentioned the same thing. Just yeah, move. move yeah. You know, it's it's important. So uh, getting to the, the, the people that don't uh, work yeah. out right now, is that the the the, the um, um, uh, information that you want to pass on? Absolutely. Um, yeah. that, well, so they can find something that works for them, not necessarily a gym or anything Yeah, well, particular? I think one of the things you said about the scheduling, and I think that that is huge. That's part of having a plan, right? So even if 
the schedule is not to go to a gym or not to meet somebody, you know, maybe you schedule in a walk with a fitness buddy. Like I have a lot of people who do walks with their dog, with other dog walkers, and that is something that they love. So I think, but just having that plan and having a schedule, regardless of what the schedule is for, and then every week looking at your week and being like, okay, you know, every Tuesday I go running with my running friend. Oh, this Tuesday I have a um, board meeting at work. I guess I'm not going to be able to run with her. So we should reschedule to Wednesday, right? So it's about having a plan, being adaptable to adapt the plan and have that plan be based around your life. Do you think we place too much emphasis on on gyms? Um, is that do you think that's one of the reasons why some people stay away because they they're intimidated by Absolutely. gyms? Absolutely. Well, and I think that people it goes back to this idea of perfection. Like they have this idea of who a fit person is. Somebody who's fit goes to the gym and drinks protein shakes, and you know, and so that's fine. Maybe that works really well for your next door neighbor. But if that's not a version of fit that's going to work for you then fine, move away from it. That's not a productive image. Reframe what you want to be and what your goals are. Again, going back to this idea that moving is a non-negotiable. So if you don't like that idea of fit and you don't like a gym, who cares? That doesn't, you know. Yeah, But for some people, like I love, as I said, I love going and trying to find a fitness class. I find that very motivating, but that's me, right? So So you have to, you have to look at yourself. You know, I I found that, you know, the ideas of of gyms, and as I said, that's part of my world. um, It, depends on on what kind of gym it is, what kind yeah, of Yeah, it's the personality Some, it, it of the is, gym, for yeah, sure. It, it is in, intimidating to a lot of people because mm-hmm. they all think that everyone at this gym is fit. Yeah, and, and everybody's you, thinking yeah, that about everyone, everybody else. Everybody else. And yeah. people at the gym actually don't care. No! You know, they're doing their own thing. They're in their own little world. Um, so I think part of the issue, um, and I've been trying to reframe this whole thing. I love about reframing, yeah. Not, not allowing it to intimidate yeah. you. So we need to educate people on what it's like. But again, it doesn't have to be just a gym. Yeah. It doesn't have to be thing. It might be just a, 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 an aquatic, cl- yeah, aquatic class. Yeah, aquatic class. It could absolutely. be just going and walking your dog, but yeah. just move. Yeah. Well, and so one of my favorite things is I call it my 10-minute rule. I say to myself, okay, you have to make yourself move for 10 minutes. Because the thing is, is that the hardest part about working out is just starting. So even if you just say to yourself, I'm going to put on music and dance around my living room, or I'm going to go for a 10-minute walk, normally when you've done 10 minutes, you just continue and you do 25. 30 minutes, you do your entire workout. Um, But every once in a while, if you don't actually continue and do the full workout, at least you've done something. So 10 minutes, five days a week is way better than zero minutes, you know, seven days a week. So, but as I said, honestly, I hardly know anybody that once they do 10 minutes, they don't at least do 20. So uh, the 10 minute rule is if you get anything from my book, I actually think that that's like the most... um, like yeah, it's a most usable tip. It's a very, very oh, well one of many because I can, I can, I can quote quite a few from the. But book it helps me, and even there. like this morning, I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, it's rainy and it's gross. I don't want to run, and I was like, okay, you don't want to run? You're gonna get on the treadmill. I'm lucky enough to have a treadmill. You're gonna get on a treadmill. You're gonna listen to your audiobook, which I thoroughly love, and you're gonna do at least ten minutes. And of course, ten minutes turned into yeah. thirty minutes, and yeah. then you forget that your feet are moving, and then you know. Oh yeah, and so. you just keep going. Yeah, and you just go. You get yeah. in the zone. When is competition um, uh, of achieving your goals, when is that healthy or mm. not healthy? Okay, so here's, I think, a misconception when I stay, stay in your own lane. People think that means I don't be competitive. That is not what I mean. You can be competitive and be, your own, be in your own lane. 
stay, what I mean by staying in your own lane is being aware of what's going on around you, being aware of where you are currently in your life, where you want to get to, so you could have really strong goals and still be staying in your own lane. You can be extremely aware of the 20 people around you. You can be extremely aware of the fact that your current personal best out of 5K is 24 minutes, but um, somebody you really respect has 22 minutes. But you're aware relative to what is appropriate to you and your body. So you're not like, oh, I'm a golfer. Tiger Woods is so good. Why isn't I as good? Why aren't I like him? You're not making excuses. It's not excuses. And it's also not unrealistic. So staying in your own lane is, is about using information from other people and then saying, this is where I am. Where am I? Where, what are my genetics? What are my life goals? What are, what's the, what's realistic in my life? You know? You know, if you're opening a new gym, maybe that's not the time to try for me to try to get an hour 35 half marathon. But maybe next year when my gym is established, I will have realistically have the time to make that goal. How do you deal with people who they, they're saying that exercise is now boring? I've been doing it for a while and they're stuck in the same old rut. Hmm, How do you I deal that with that? Well, it's a really good question and it's really um very, very common. You know, one of those excuses, well, I was bored, so I stopped. Well, and what I would say to that is that is looking for excuses and not solutions. If you make movement a non-negotiable, then you're bored. Okay, so what do you do? You find something else to do. It all goes back to as soon as you reframe it and it's a non-negotiable, then you're like, oh, I'm doing yoga classes and I'm bored. Okay, well, maybe I need to do a Pilates class or I'm running and I'm bored. Well, do I need new music? Do I need a new running route? Do I need a new running partner? Maybe running is not my jam right now. Maybe I need to bike. But it's not like, oh, I'm bored of running, so I'm going to do nothing. So finding something else to motivate yeah. you. Yeah. You, you know, you, you don't find excuses. You find solutions. And if the if the problem is is that you're bored, well, then figure out how to not be bored, you know? I wanted to to, to end with, what, what were the important things you learned when you were writing this book? I learned... You know, something that I learn every day that life is a process and anything worth doing takes work. And I learned that you don't get the end result that you want by worrying about not getting the end result that you want. Finding Your Fit, A Compassionate Trainer's Guide to Making Fitness a Lifelong uh, Habit. Kathleen Trotter, thank you so, oh, so thank much. Thank you for so much. It was a pleasure and an honor, as always.